that brings about a change, a transformation in us on today, God. Speak clearly. Speak simply. Speak prophetically. Speak powerfully. Move us from here to there. From this level to the next level. In the name of Jesus that glorified in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We'll praise the Lord. We're going to go into the world, call it from a real place. Not something that I've heard or aspired to, but out of my own experience as a believer. Now, you do realize that I'm a believer before I'm a pastor, before I'm a father, before I'm a brother, before I'm a cousin, before I'm a, fam a family member or a friend. I am a believer first. Amen. So as a believer, I seek to live the normal Christian life just like you do. I don't have an S on my chest. I'm not Superman. I put one leg, one leg on in my pants, one leg at a time, just like you. So I want to speak from a real place. And you know, as you are probably aware, if you've been watching the news, we have been going through, uh, uh, look, trying to get our city council to approve a $25,000 pure violence assessment. I'm not going to go into the weeds in that, but it, it's, it's designed to drive gun violence down and a preventive measure to drive gun violence down, okay? And so after the first vote, I found myself somewhere where I had never been before after a city council meeting. I had gotten heated, but I never gotten mad. <laughs> and by that, I got angry. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Let me put it where the girls can get it. I got angry. I got so angry that I had to leave right after the vote. But which, looking back, had to be God intervening because had I stayed, I might have misrepresented him yeah. after the meeting. Amen. And so, after that vote, but before the next one, God the Holy Spirit spoke to me and reminded me of something of something one of my professors from Bible college said. And he said this, whatever you do, don't flesh out. Whatever you do, don't flesh out. In other words, you need to remember who you are. But not only who you are, whose you are. Right. That's good. That's real good. So whatever you do, even when you get angry, don't flesh out. Especially if you have said that you are a believer. Don't flesh out. So we're going to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. To dig into this a little deeper. Now the writer identifies himself as Apostle Paul and most scholars agree that it is. He is. The reason for this letter was the Galatians were bewitched by false teachers known as Judaizers. These people were teaching a gospel that was no gospel at all. He wrote to the confused believers in Galatia to help them see that they were being taught a false gospel that depended on human efforts to make a person acceptable to God, which was completely contrary to the gospel, the true gospel of salvation and sanctification by grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. For you are saved by what? Grace. Amen. Throughout Galatians, the contrast between the flesh, the contrast between the flesh and the spirit, between living by the human perspective and living by God's perspective is highlighted. Paul is declaring that it's impossible to live by both because they are diametrically opposed one from one another. In other words, you can't live by the in the flesh and live in the spirit at the same time. So Paul had to fix them up. So he was telling them that, and telling us that the flesh and the spirit are at war. Yes. Now how many have that testimony? 
You can be up here in the spirit, and then next thing you know, you're down here in your flesh. And it seems like a literal tug of war. Your spirit can be winning, but then your flesh can creep in. Right? And I don't care who you are, how saved you are, how sanctified you are, how many tongues you speak in. There is a war between the spirit and the flesh. And you are a part of it. And if you are a believer, you enlisted in it. Amen. Amen. God, and I'm going to continue to repeat this all throughout, told me, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you whatever you do, don't flesh out. Tell yourself, don't flesh out. Don't flesh out. Don't let them make you flesh out. Don't flesh out. Mm. All right. So we're going to start at verse 13. It says this, chapter 5, verse 13. It says, For brethren, you have been called unto who? Say that loud. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty or freedom. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, what? Serve one another. And another translation says, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. The flesh. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as what? Thyself. Thyself or yourself. And my determination and my definition of a neighbor is anybody that's not you. Hey, Amen. That is your neighbor. Red, yellow, black, and white. They are all precious in his sight. Love thy neighbor as you love your what? Self. Amen. But if you bite and devour one another, hmm. but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Another translation says, but if you are always biting and devouring each other, Watch out because you are destroying your brother. Hmm. Hmm? So quit biting and devouring one another. That's not treating your neighbor as yourself, right? Hmm? So he goes on to say, This I say then, walk in the what? And you shall not fulfill the what? For the flesh lusts against the what? Spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, alright, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. They are contrary to one another. Now, when I was growing up, <laughs> I used to hear the older generation men talk about being contrary with one another. You've been contrary with me. Which was a nice word of saying, you're not, you arguing with me. <laughs> you're not agreeing with me. You're biting and devouring me. Amen. The spirit and the flesh, they are, they are what? Contrary to the, to, the, to the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Amen. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, which is lustful pleasures, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variances, Hatred is hostility and variances are quarrelings. Emulations, which is jealousy. Wrath, with wrath, which is outburst of anger. Outburst of anger. How many been there? Mm, I ain't gonna even look up. <laughs> Strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders drunkenness, revelings, and such like, 
of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things. I don't want you to miss that last little part. That's why I pause. They that do such things, that flesh out, if you will, shall not or will not inherit what? Whatever you do, don't flesh out because you will not, shall not inherit what the kingdom of God. Mm. So what is the well, some associate the flesh with the nature of the believer. Scripture teaches us the flesh is a way of walking and thinking independently of Christ. You cannot walk in the flesh and walk with Christ at the same time. When you are in your flesh, you are walking independently of Christ. Because we sang that he's a holy God, right? Holy Remember, holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. So if we, if God is holy, Jesus is holy, the Holy Spirit is holy, we cannot walk with the holy God, the holy Jesus, and the holy, holy Spirit in the flesh because they are holy. Hmm? And when you walk in the flesh, you're walking, in the, walking, and not only walking, but thinking independently of God. Christ. In other words, the flesh is deeper than your skin. Right. That's it. That's it. I was waiting on you. <laughs> and it's not you if you are in Christ, but it is an attitude that is present within you because you have the ability to walk in the flesh at any time. Even though you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have an opportunity to walk and choose to walk in the flesh. Why? Because God ain't going to make you do nothing. Mm -hmm. But as a believer, you no longer live by the flesh. However, you can still walk by the flesh at times. <laughs> Let me put it where the ghost can get, can get it. Now, a computer is made up of two things. Hardware and software. Hardware is the visible and touchable part of the computer. It's the physical component which consists of the circuit boards and other electronics. Software is a collection of instructions, data, or programs that provide instructions to the computer to complete a, to complete a task. Software tells the computer what to do and how to do it. In simple terms, the software is untouchable and it's the intangible part of the computer. Now, as it's been stated, you are a spirit who possesses a soul and does what? Live in a body. Right. And when you are a believer, or when you become a believer, you are given new hardware or new hardware. Okay. Okay. God gives you a new heart that desires to live for him. Now you remember sometimes some of us when you get first get saved, you be all on fire. You love God and you on fire for God, and you're burning hot, white hot for God. Amen. That's because you have been downloaded new 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 software that changed your hard heart into a hardware, a softer heart, or a pliable heart. Amen. Now the thing about it is, even though you have that new download, you still have old software running from your former life when you did live independently of Jesus. You still have your fleshly attitudes and way of living that has been ingrained in your thinking. These ingrained patterns of thinking is your flesh. That is why Apostle Paul encourages believers to continually be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because your, your emotions, as it was, your soul possesses, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And your mind goes all over the place. 
Your will goes all over the place. And your emotions are up and down and round about and in and out, right? So that's why you have to transform your mind daily. Hmm? Because the devil is going to attack you daily. Sometimes hourly, sometimes by the minute, and sometimes by the second. Especially when you're going through something. Because hmm? he wants you to believe that what you are going through is bigger than your God. Hmm? And as I said last week, you've got to quit taking the world into the kingdom and start bringing the kingdom into the world. Amen. You need to reject the old software of the flesh in favor of the updates from God's spirit. This outdated software or the flesh can look sinful or it can look good. <laughs> the flesh can make things look good that's really bad for you. Now, I ain't going to talk about nobody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. He or she looks good for you. Yeah. Looks good to you. But they mean you know absolutely no good. Huh? It can look good. Flesh can look good. The things of the flesh can look good. And guess what? They can even look religious. <laughs> they can fix it up and make you think. That God actually said what he didn't say. <laughs> he can, they can actually fix it up to make you think the Bible says something that it didn't actually say. Hmm? Hmm? Paul encourages us to walk in the spirit. Your flesh is not your spiritual nature or your identity as a believer. It is simply a network of leftover attitudes and actions from your life prior to you receiving Jesus as your Savior. And I'm going to say this in a different way. There is a civil war going on within you. And you can choose to engage in the deeds of your flesh, but you are no longer compatible with them if you walk in the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but... <laughs> And this always happens at an inconvenient time, it seems, that you have to update. <laughs> Especially when you're in a hurry. You have to update your phone or you have to update the computer. And when you're in a hurry to try to do something, you have to have this update. You can put it off and put it off, but at some point, <laughs> it's going to make you update or it's not going to work. Right. Right. right? We are at the point in this world right now. Well, we need to update. Absolutely, absolutely. Believers need to update. We need to download the message that God has for us. But not only download it, we need to put it into action. Amen? So whatever you do, don't flesh out and expect to please God. Because according to Romans 8.15, those are in the flesh. Put that in your mind. Those who are in the flesh can't please God. So here's some instruction, okay? Because instruction will perfectly the instruction will give us will spur us to application. Because it's always application, application, application. Amen. And so earlier I talked about me getting angry at the uh, uh, city council meeting, right? But guess what? The Bible tells us you can be angry, but sin not. <laughs> Let's go to Ephesians. You, so you can be angry, <laughs> but don't sin. And guess what? You can be angry at God, but don't sin. Huh? It's okay. God can handle your anger. He just don't love your sin. Amen. All right. Ephesians chapter 4. 
verse 26, it says this. Paul says it very explicitly in the King James. He says this. Be ye what? Angry. And do what? But the caveat to that is, let not the sun go down upon your wrath or your anger. It's okay to get angry, but you can't stay angry. Because if you stay angry, it can lead to bitterness. And if it leads to bitterness, it can lead to all kinds. It opens the door for other sins because verse 27 says, neither give place or topos to the devil. Right? Yes. If you stay in your wrath and stay angry, you give the devil an opportunity right. to get in. Right. God says you can be angry, but don't what? Sin. Unchecked anger can boil up deep in your bosom anytime someone or something does not go according to your preconceived plan. It tightens your muscles <laughs> and it will make you feel like doing something stupid, like breaking a car windshield, like putting a hole in the wall, like hitting somebody, like doing something that's irrational when your anger is unchecked. And your unchecked anger may even make you want to curse God. Uh, let me put this here. Wait. Unchecked anger is a ticking time bomb that will go off eventually. Unchecked anger is a ticking time bomb which will go off eventually. If it's unchecked, then you'll get mad at something else. Leave that unchecked. Get, that, get mad at something else. Leave that unchecked get mad at something else, and leave that unchecked, then all of a sudden it could be an explosion. Because the bombs going to eventually go off. And sometimes unchecked anger may go off at the first one. Amen. <laughs> Depending upon how you are. When you act in hurtful ways out of your unchecked anger, those are called reactions. The root word for reactions is react, which means to act Again, this is a term of excuses. One action leads to another. There was an action and you reacted. We've all been there, right? But see, that mentality is bondage. Amen. It's bondage. And you say to yourself, I was angry after you do it. I'm sorry I hurt you, but I was angry. So we use anger as an excuse on us to react. And the object anger will cause you to react in an unflattering way and some things you can't take back. That's right. That's right. And, it may, and the physical things you might be able to take back if they're still alive, but the words you can't take back. You can apologize and apologize and apologize, but if you say it, those words you can't take back. Now, I could say something yesterday and Larissa might not remember it. But I said something 28 years ago. <laughs> and she will remember it. <laughs> 50 years, 60 years. They remember that. Right? You know, <laughs> you can't take back words. And sometimes words hurt worse than physical things. You know what I mean? Because back when I was a kid and got a whooping, that thing wore off. <laughs> but what they said to you might not. Amen. Hmm. So unchecked anger is a ticking time bomb that will go off eventually. But see, God <laughs> didn't leave us... Uh, in that state, he came to set us free. Through Jesus, we are in an intimate relationship with the truth, and the truth will make us free. Let's go deeper, okay? Psalm 103 and 10, you don't have to go there, but you can write it down. Psalm 103, verse 10, the New King James says, He, God, has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. 
In other words, the truth reveals to us that God didn't treat us as we deserve. God didn't react. He acted. Romans 5 verse 8 in the King James says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still or yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't react. He acted. Amen. He acted. In other words, even while we were acting like his enemies, when you're an unbeliever, that makes you God's enemy. God chose to act based on his love and mercy to reach out and redeem you through the blood of Jesus. And when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are forgiven and born again with the Spirit of Christ, which now means you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to live and act in that freedom. Amen. In other words, you have the power to refuse to act from the place of anger. Okay? But that power is not based on you. That power is based on him and what's inside of you. Amen. Well, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. More on, I'll speak on more on that a little bit later. Even though you lived a good bit of your life justifying your sinful reaction based on your anger or blame that person that made you mad, God is telling you to instead act from his love and power. He is telling you to break the cycle of bondage and invite others into freedom. To be angry and sin not would have been impossible before Jesus. But since Jesus has overcome the world, that means we overcome the world. And because he overcomes the world, we can overcome even the more. Amen? So you have the power already within you not to react in anger, right? But to walk by the Spirit so you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. Hmm? And I can tell you this. You can do all things. Because I heard somebody just said, well, I can't do that. They just made me mad. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they pushed me. You don't know how they prodded me. You don't know how they cussed me out. Pastor, you just, you just don't know. But you can do all things through Christ. Hmm? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We can say that on the good, during the good times and in the good season. But let the bad season hit. Amen. We get angry. We lash out even at God. And we forget that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And because of it, you can be light in the midst of darkness. And verse 26 says, and be ye angry and what? Sin not. It's it's interesting that Paul does not tell us, don't be angry, because that would condemn us all. Because we can't help the initial emotional reaction or the temptation to respond out of anger or bitterness. Because you aren't superhuman. Don't get it twisted. That's why he says, be angry, but sin not. Because he knows that he knows that we know, and you know as well as I know, that when somebody makes you angry, sometimes you don't got time to even try to think, right? And it hits you in an emotional place. But the thing about it is, you have to let it hit you, feel the emotion, but don't act on it. That's the hard part. Because the mouth always want to take control of situations, right? <laughs> and you know the old song, you gotta be careful, little mouth, what you say? Yeah. <laughs> Your mouth wants to get involved in the situation. Well, I want to tell them because we always in the place that we want to pay somebody back. Yeah. Yeah. And then we want to pay them back. And if we do pay them back, we want to pay them back some more. That wasn't enough. Yeah. It's never enough. <laughs> I'm gonna let that sit there. It's never enough. Well, they didn't pay enough. 
They didn't hurt enough. They didn't feel like I feel. Well, how you know? You're not them. Amen. You can't control them. You only can control you. Amen. I heard it put this way. You can't help if a bird lands in your hair, but you can keep it from building a nest there. <laughs> the initial emotional or subsequent thought to act in a hurtful way isn't the sin. If it was, then Jesus would have been a sin. The Bible tells us Jesus felt the negative emotions of anger, sorrow, and grief because he was tempted in every way just like us. You got to remember when Jesus was on this earth, he was all God and he was all man. And he felt everything that we feel. He went through everything that we go through. He understands what we go through. That's what makes him a, the better high priest because he can identify what we go through. Amen. But one thing about Jesus, he was without sin because he didn't act out of his emotions. He didn't deny that they existed, but he wasn't bound by them. Jesus did this. He acted out of the relationship that he had with his father. He only acted and spoke from the direction of his father. Jesus always acted out of love. Why? Because God is love. Amen. I think I was talking to Deacon Jeff the other day, and, and, and he was talking about, uh, I think it was Lazarus, I believe it was. He was talking about Lazarus, and even before Jesus raised Lazarus up from the dead, he, he pointed his direction to his father first. And then Lazarus was raised. Jesus always went to his father. So what do you do with your anger? You go to your heavenly father. Don't go to your backslidden friends. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's not a sin to be angry. It is a sin to act from anger. As a believer, you are called to intentionally act from love. So whatever you do, don't flesh be angry and sin not, but he always want, he does also want you to remember this. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You got you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians. Chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse number 19 and 20. It says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? You are not your own. For you are bought with a what? Price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are what? God. You, you need to remember that God the Father created your body. God the Son redeems your body. And God the Holy Spirit indwells your body when you are a believer. So that makes you the very temple of the Holy Spirit. So I am a temple of the Holy Spirit because I am a believer. I want that to sit because some people, some believers, not here but in other places, don't recognize that they are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not only in church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit wherever you are, 24-7, 365 days a year. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So wherever you go, he goes with you. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. However you act, 
Whatever you say, he hears you because he's in there with you. My question to you is, what are you carrying with the Holy Spirit in your temple? Mm. Romans chapter 8 verse 9, New King James says this, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. What does that mean? An unbeliever does not have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. Therefore, they are not the temple of the Holy Spirit. The greatest thing you can do for your body is to make it a temple for God's Spirit. Hmm? Even in your sickness, your body is still the temple of the Holy Spirit. Even when you're angry, your body is still the temple of the Holy Spirit. Even in your confusion, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Even when you're stressed out, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Even when you don't understand it, your body is still the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Amen? Amen? And then... And once you receive Jesus as your Savior, your salvation is sealed and guaranteed according to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Then the Holy Spirit will be with you forever, according to John 14 and 16, which says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide or remain with you forever. Yes. Amen? And this is the most important part about having the Holy Spirit residing in you. It's not to do miracle signs and others which can happen. But it's this. You are to honor God with your body. Because your body is not your own. You have been bought with a price, which is not silver and gold or any other perishable thing. You have been bought with the precious, unblemished blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me go just a little bit deeper about this temple. If God meant simply to convey the idea that the spirit lives within the believer, he could have well used words such as home, house, or residence. But by using the word temple to describe the Holy Spirit's indwelling of you, he conveys the idea that your body is a shrine, a sacred place in which the Holy Spirit not only lives, but he lives to speak to you, lead you, guide you, and to minister to you. When he, the idea of a temple is more than just some physical building. It's more than just a house. It's a temple, a sacred place. When you receive the Holy Spirit, when you see Jesus and you receive the Holy Spirit, your body becomes a sacred place. Hmm? And even though he will never leave you, according to Ephesians 4 and 30, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can make him sad. Amen. Hmm. So Paul told the Ephesians and is telling us to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, and every form, along with every form of malice. He says, be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. When you live in the Spirit and led by the Spirit, you will no longer gratify the desires of your flesh. So don't flesh out. Yeah. Lastly, and I'll leave it here. You can be angry and sin not. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But the bottom line is this. God is depending on you to represent him. Yes. God is depending on you and me to represent him. We are Christ. Representative. I'm going to let that sit there. Because sometimes we don't remember that. Because we'll slip on 
flesh. But even in your flesh, the people observing you still know that you are Christ representative. What you representing? Mass mm. scripture, 7 Corinthians. <laughs> this important, this is important stuff. Yes, it is. It's important to remember, especially where we are, because as I've been saying since January, this year we would have to do what? Now, last week, y'all didn't say that and didn't say it loudly. This, the, I just want to put it out here so that you can know that the thing for this year is in 2022, we need to hold tight to our faith. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? Hold tight to your faith. And we didn't know what all that meant when we were got that thing. We didn't know that there would be sicknesses coming along and yeah. people dying and inflation and how it is and what's going on here in the city and the government. We didn't know what that meant. All I know that God said to hold tight to our faith. And holding tight to our faith, a part of it is knowing that God is depending on us to represent him. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? Old things are passed away, and all things are become new. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by who? Jesus and then he hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Your actions can reconcile, or should reconcile, to choose Jesus or to choose their flesh. Mm, it's a heavy responsibility. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. He hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And then verse 20 says this, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you and Christ said, be stead, be ye reconciled to God. What is an ambassador? It's an, official, it's an officially designated representative who is authorized to speak in a foreign land on behalf of the country which they are sent. In other words, if you are a believer, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And this foreign land that we are authorized or designated to speak is the earth or the world. Because as we know, this world is not our what? Home. We are just foreigners. We are strangers. We are just passing through. We are sojourners, right? We are authorized as ambassadors for God because this is a foreign land for believers. Amen. So as a believer, you got to speak faithfully for the one who sent you. And since you are an ambassador, this is really important, God is making his appeal through you. Oh, that's good. That's good. Not him. Not her. Not them. If you are a believer, God is, making, is using you to make his appeal for reconciliation through you. Yeah. It's not just me. As a pastor, preacher, minister, teacher, whatever you want to call it, it's for every believer to be an ambassador. Mm. You are to share the message of reconciliation, urging believe, unbelievers to be reconciled with God. But this message is not only conveyed with your mouth. This message is conveyed through your actions. Right. As the old saying go, your actions are worth more than a thousand words. Yes. The, now this is the message that must be conveyed. Because of the atoning work of Jesus, your trespasses are not being held against you. In other words, your sins are forgiven. Yes, yes. The message must be that he loves you so much that God gave his only begotten son. 
The message must be, it doesn't matter what you have done, you can be saved. That is why it's important as a believer that whatever you do, you don't flesh out. You can be angry, but don't sin. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And God is depending on you to represent him. In everything, every place, yeah. workplace, in the street, on the corner, in the store. Yeah. As believers, we have a responsibility. And God is requiring believers to fulfill the responsibility. Amen. Amen. So remember that this week. Remember that today, tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. God is requiring, requiring you to not flesh out. Because you never know who's watching you. They may not ever talk to you directly. But they are watching you. God is watching you. And they are watching you. And if you don't know him as your savior. Get to know him today. If you disconnected from him. Get back connected to him today. And then fulfill the purpose that he called you to do. The overall purpose of the church is to go ye therefore. And teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world, mm -hmm. or end of the age. Yes. God did not require us to come. He required us to go. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. Let's give God praise.